Hi, I'm Dylan Wyatt. I'm Shrian Dalat. And I'm Will Clifford. Welcome to the Focal Point Podcast. In this edition, we sit down with people around campus to talk about religious diversity and spiritual education at St. Mark's. We pose the overarching question, how does the school's deep Christian roots affect your growth as a member in this community? Let's dive right in. Mr. Stolcox, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. So in the December edition of The Remarker, we covered an important topic surrounding religious diversity and spirituality at St. Mark's, and we wanted to learn more about how the choir fits into all of this. So to start, how long have you worked here, and what has, your been, what has been your role at St. Mark's? Okay, so I am in my 13th year here at St. Mark's. And I came initially as director of library services, uh, which I continue to do. But after one year, I also assumed the role of choir master, which I held until a couple of years ago, at which point Mr. Stroh and I rotated positions, basically, and he became the choir master. And now I am exclusively directing just the upper school choir, which is still plenty. That's still almost like two full-time jobs. Right. Um, so after 13 years, you've certainly attended the chapel program for quite some time. What's your, what's been your yes. experience with chapel services? Like what's been your biggest takeaway? Uh, for me, it's the diversity of the chapel services. And when I talk about St. Mark's to someone anywhere else in the country or in my travels, and I give them the elevator speech, you know, the 30-second speech about right. St. Mark's, yeah. I always talk about the fact that since I think the 70s, maybe, we have been non-sectarian school. And I always say, and they all, almost everyone's response is, but it's St. Mark's. <laughs> Doesn't that mean it's a religious school? And I say, no, it did start out that way. We actually um, started as an Episcopal school. We still have an Episcopal priest that's on campus, but we celebrate diversity. We celebrate religious diversity and everyone's choice or to have no religion if that's their choice as well. And I always say, yes, we celebrate the Christian holidays, but we also celebrate the Jewish holidays and we celebrate Diwali and we have uh, uh, a, uh, a cantor in to chant the prayers during Ramadan and we celebrate Chinese New Year. And I talk about how just as it enfolds all of the St. Mark's experience, I think that educating the whole boy for me personally also means giving everyone a full view of the world. You know, you want to become a citizen of the world, right, Shran? Right. Um, the world has shrunk so much. I mean, um, just imagine, and I used to do this in my class at the university when I taught information technology, you know, one generation's everyday norm is the previous generation's magic. Suppose you were to go back and talk to one of your relatives 
uh, around 100 years ago and say, you know how I get places? I fly in a giant metal tube seven miles in the air at 500 miles an hour. They would want they would think you needed to, you belonged in a loony bin, right? Yeah. But that's our every day. So because of the way the world's expanded, and especially due to the ubiquity of the Internet, I think that it's more and more important that we are more and more informed, not just about um, religion and religious uh, practices and the diversity, but geopolitical politics, everything. And uh, what we do in our chapel program here is part of that. I think that it informs all of us. And um, you were in the choir. Right. And you sang choral evensong services. Yes. Which are directly connected to the Anglican Church. Right. But at the same time, as a middle schooler, I don't know if you did, but I can remember we would sing uh, Hanukkah pieces. And uh, the choir learned uh, um, a chant in Indian a right. few years back. And we actually sang for D- the Diwali service. I think all those things are extremely important. Uh, I know you mentioned the Anglican relationship and the association with our choirs. So could you touch on more how, about how that's affected the choir's repertoire? Um I know you mentioned that they're going, obviously, it's not just confined to um, Christian themed songs, but um, generally, can you just talk about the association with, I think it's the Royal School of Church Music. Is that right? That's exactly right. And uh, because we do follow the Royal School of Church Music curriculum, that sort of informs exactly what you were saying in that a lot of Anglican choral music is sung. For example, I'm sure you remember. That for any even song, it's very prescriptive, right? Right. There's an introit. There is a presses and a response, which is very Anglican. There is the singing of the Magnificat and the Dimittis. Those are both texts that are taken from the New Testament. So you do sing a lot of religious music, right? Right. But I think for a lot of people, if that is not your religion or if religion is not your thing, then basically that makes it that can also be a very academic exercise. Right. You're learning about these other religions and you're learning about these musical styles. So that's why uh, for me with upper school choir now, I make a point of singing non-religious music. You know, we're singing, uh, as always, at the ISAS Fine Arts Festival this spring. And we'll be singing things that are not based on um, religion, but are things that are based on poetry or just uh, newly composed pieces that touch on everything from romantic love to um, we're actually singing a piece uh, based on a text by Dante from Purgatorio. Right. So which is which is a great epic poem that certainly is not religious based. Yeah. So it's important to have that diversity of experience. And yes, you're absolutely correct. Because we follow the uh, um, Royal School of Church Music curricula, and we also sing a regular service of choral evensong, yes, we do a lot of Anglican choral music. But it's important to bring in all these other different types of music as well, religious or not. And specifically during those choral evensong performances, how would you say like non-Christian students feel about being immersed in a program with with primarily Christian elements during those services? 
Well, I've never had anyone raise a concern about it, for example. And um, I'm sure that Mr. Stroh and I are in agreement on this when it, it, it in that if, say, we're saying a prayer to the Christian God, um, you don't have to participate if you don't want to. In other words, if that if, if the last thing that we would want to do is make someone uncomfortable in the choral program because of a particular type or piece of music. So, yes, pretty much everybody has to sing, My Soul Doth Magnify the Lord, uh, because that's the text of the Magnificat. But I think that we try to approach it from uh, a more academic uh, angle. For instance, uh, you may recall when I would teach the psalm, and we would always teach the psalm, um, I think even a lot of people in the Christian tradition sometimes don't realize that the psalms, while a part of the Christian Bible, are actually ancient Jewish poetry. So I always emphasized that. Yeah. And I know we mentioned this. Obviously, I was in choir myself for about five years. Um, Excuse me. No, you're okay. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just saying I was in choir myself for about five years. um, And I personally looked past those specific Christian elements during Evensong. I simply enjoyed the singing and musical aspects. Would you say other students have had similar experiences? Absolutely. And I was actually going to ask you what your opinion on that was. And so I'm glad you shared that. I think that the joy you can get out of that, if not from the religious aspect, is the sheer joy of mastering a difficult piece of music, which you did quite well, as I recall. (laughs) Um, Thank you. (laughs) Uh, And so lastly, what have you enjoyed about leading the choir program? And what would you say students can learn and take away from their time in it? Well, those are that's a huge question, Shireen but I'll do my best to answer it. I believe that this choir program or any school choir program, um, and I've done some research on this and I've written a paper on this. Uh, um, You may be surprised to learn that singing in a choral ensemble and doing a performance produces the same sort of endorphin response as being on the football team and scoring a touchdown. (laughs) And that's huge. I think it's about, a sense of community. It's about camaraderie. It's about working together to produce something that's beautiful. And I think all of those things are takeaways for choir or band or orchestra or any of the fine arts. You know, choir is a team sport. If you want to think about it in those terms. Thanks so much for your time, Mr. Zilcox. That's all I had for you. Well, I really appreciate this, and I'm so glad to participate, Sharan. Thank you for including yeah. me. So thank you for taking the time to meet with me, Reed. So I'm just going to start off by by asking, do you follow religion? No, I'm atheist. Personally, I don't uh, sing the hymns or read the prayers because I don't believe in God or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I'm neutral about it. Like, I think religion's a really good thing, and I just personally don't believe in it. But I think chapel um, mm -hmm. and having faith, I think that's a very positive thing. And do you think that the school's emphasis on spirituality through chapel services is emphasizing multiple different religious groups? I think they do. Like, they have those um, certain themed chapels where it's like, they'll do, like, Diwali Chapel or um, stuff like that. And I think in those, it's pretty good. But in like a singular chapel service, I think you can definitely tell that there's Christian roots, but I don't, mm -hmm. um, it's hard for me to kind of say if that's a problem because I don't have the experience of being a part of a different religion. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's definitely elements that an outsider would say that's, it has its roots in Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so, well, non-sectarian is not involving or relating to a specific religious group or political group. Do you think that St. Mark's approach to spirituality aligns with the definition of non-sectarian? Um, I think it's approaching that. I don't think it's there yet. Um, mm -hmm. Just kind of the same stuff I said before. It's like um, there's definitely roots in Christianity and like... Mm -hmm. The hymns and the prayers are like Lord Almighty, mm -hmm. and they kind of refer to a monotheistic faith, I feel like. Yeah. Do you think people would benefit from a more diverse group or a more diverse inclusion of religions being taught during chapel? Um, especially for me, um, someone who doesn't have a re religious faith, mm -hmm. I think it would be interesting. And I learn a lot if he kind of, uh, went through different faiths or like there's been a few times where we've had guest speakers um from people just in the upper school who talk about the religion for a chapel mm -hmm. those have always been pretty um good chapels i think mm -hmm. do you think having students speak to other students about religion would be a good way to help teach and inform their peers during chapel about their own personal religion yeah i think that would be very helpful how would is there a way that you could see or if you could change a way the way that saint mark's treats religion in school whether that's chapel and also in classes how would you change it um in classes i wouldn't change anything because i don't feel like religion's a part of any of my classes and i like that mm -hmm. um in chapel, uh, I think my main suggestion would just be having more of those student talks where students of different religions can kind of share their story and their religion. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty neutral about chapel. I don't think it's bad in any way. I think it's um, it serves its purpose. Mm -hmm. Chapel were to change the way it runs. How important do you think having an open mind would be for students in that process? I mean, I think it's always important to have an open mind when you're going to any change. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the students would have to have an open mind if it's going to change or else they're just going to respond negatively. Do you think St. Mark's puts too much emphasis on the importance of chapel and religion or not enough? Um, I mean, it depends on its goal. To me, I think it's fine because um, I don't, really it's not a big part of my life and chapels once a week it's 
something I can kind of just sit through and relax. It's not, it's definitely not a big part of school. And I think that's good, but. All right. Thank you for your time. Yeah, yeah thanks. So David, thank you for your time, for letting me interview you. Um, so I'm just going to ask you a few questions here mm-hmm. um, relating to the last cover story of The Remarker as kind of a follow-up to that. Yes. All right. So do you follow a religion? I do. I follow Judaism. And is your... Is Judaism included in the various elements of chapel, like the prayers, psalms? Yes, yes, it is. And which ways are they? I guess they inc- they uh, incorporated some Jewish, there's some Jewish hymns and prayers written by rabbis and uh, people who practice Judaism. Mm-hmm. And every now and then there will be a service relating to a Jewish holiday. Mm-hmm. And do you appreciate the way that the school emphasizes um, spirituality through chapel services? Um, it, it really, it really depends sometimes. Um, I know, um, like for instance, uh, just like I'll relate it specifically to Judaism because I can't really speak for other religions in this sense, but, um, like related to Judaism on Hanukkah, when they sang the hymn, Oh Hanukkah, I, I don't know if it was just, it was a little awkward, I guess, cause that's not a hymn. It's mm-hmm. just kind of a it's just kind of a tune Jews, Jews sometimes sing and little kids sing at like little like concerts and stuff. So it's just a little awkward that it was mm-hmm. taking like a spiritual context. I don't think it's a, really a spiritual song, mm-hmm. but I mean, spirit, um, I guess, yeah, you could, I appreciate that there's some sense of spirituality at school since there's not a lot of time, at least I've had a lot of trouble recently finding time, other places to find a spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess that, but I mean, some of the services are just kind of dry mm-hmm. and, and I can't relate to them. Mm-hmm. So do you think the chapel and the chapel services, do you think they respect other religions and faiths of St. Mark's students? I, I believe um, they do. And if somebody thinks they don't, like I just mentioned with the with Hanukkah Chapel, it's because they, pro- they probably just aren't aware. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's not a big deal like what I talked about. But, I mean, if for something else that might be a bigger deal to someone else, mm-hmm. it, it's, they might, they're, a lot of times they're just not aware because they're not active partic- – like the people who made the worship book are not active participants of – Mm-hmm. most of these religions it was very from what i remember most of the people who made the book were just constituents of one religious or mm-hmm. one or two religious faiths. do you think saint mark students would have been or would be served better if that new worship book were to have been made uh made by people from different religious backgrounds uh yeah i think it definitely would have benefited a little more mm-hmm. um, i think um they did a good, like a good preliminary job, but I think if they were to go and find somebody 
like find other people with different religious backgrounds, they could do a little more of a thorough, like not necessarily thorough job because they did a really thorough job. It took them like nearly five years and they talked to different people. Mm-hmm. But if they, I feel like the way it's made is it's very, I don't know, but most of the hymns, like almost all of the hymns that not necessarily in the book, because there's a lot of hymns in the book that aren't necessarily Christian, but the hymns that we read, mm-hmm. I'll say on a con on a, a frequent basis are all re- like, to me, they seem all very Christian, mm-hmm. not at all, not just like a spiritual book. So I think, I mean, one, it would benefit, uh, services would benefit from really mo- moving to a wider range of hymns. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like we read the same ones. They just kind of cycle through the same ones every three months and then sprinkle in different ones, depending on the, um, depending on a, uh, holiday that comes up for a certain religious sect. But I think maybe going to and finding different people to kind of figure out like from different religions and showing them what they're using from that religion, having them then say, I believe this is good or this is bad and kind of fine tuning some of the stuff they had mm-hmm. might have helped. That makes sense. So non my next question here is so non-sectarian means not involving or relating to a specific religious section or political group. Do you think that St. Mark's approach to spirituality aligns with the definition of non-sectarian? And I can read that uh, for you if you need. I think it, I think it's very close, but again, it's not the prayers. The prayers, they I think they do a good job of spreading prayers out, but mm-hmm. I feel like the hymns kind of throw it off because those are very, very um, Christian or Catholic. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm just going to say Christian as an all encompassing mm-hmm. um, uh, religion, but they're, they, they're very Christian in nature and they don't really stray from that usually. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the chapel talks are not at like almost all the chapel talks are not at all religious mm-hmm. um, unless there's a holiday again. Um, um, but like it, it seems to be dominantly Bible or old testament readings along with a christian hymn which is Mm -hmm. which leads me to believe it's a at least the chapel aspect of school is not as non-sectarian as the school might think it is Mm -hmm. because those are both aspects of christianity the old testament and the hymns usually are what it consists of yeah and so if you could change a way that saint mark's i guess involves religion in school because outside of chapel there's not necessarily a whole lot of mention oh no compared to other christian schools not our mm-hmm. schools not other christian schools because i guess same yeah um compared to other schools that are christian mm-hmm. um, yes definitely saint mark's is like out of out of chapel is not at all religious really there's no spirituality anywhere else do you think that benefits students Yes, I think it's better. I, I personally appreciate it better that way because um, I know like a lot of people at Parish, I know a lot of like Jewish people at Parish and like none of them even pay attention. So it's just wasted time. The way our school has it, we're not wasting that one, that hour each day. Mm-hmm. We're just, we're just sitting there and practically sleeping. We don't have that thing. Yeah. And then in chapel, would you you were saying a second ago that students the chapel and the chapel talks 
aren't always like real aren't necessarily religious in the sense of they're trying to drill something into your head yes would you appreciate if instead of the same thing over and over again if they were to if they were to diversify with more religious teachings but with other religions so like if you had a islamic um i think yes so i um i'm i um i wrote a speech recently for my jewish youth group and i said in order to um and one of the gist was um community and and the saint mark's community is very large and there's people from different religions so strengthening by um teaching each other what um what our beliefs are and spreading our beliefs but not forcing on each other but kind of i guess giving people an idea of what we practice Mm -hmm. and seeing if they can take away something that they relate to from that would benefit almost everyone and benefit the communities uh, as a whole because by um, by spreading and sharing, we're strengthening each other and uh, and by in turn ourselves by learning more. That's a great message. All right, and then is there anything else you would like to add about religion at St. Mark's? Um, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure. I got most of what I was going to, what I would have said in, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, I guess with like, with chapels, yeah, I mean, bringing in people from different religions to talk or to help write speeches that we hear mm-hmm. would help. Um, but also just like not to overdo it because um, you can get in the habit of you bring in one person each week and every single, that means every single week is a religious talk. It's, it, it doesn't always need to be religious. There's something to be said for just having the meditation chapel or the chapel where he just tells a, 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 a or Father Arbogast just tells an uplifting story. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said for that as opposed to having religious talks because sometimes there are certain times, like especially where we are now in the school year, at like the end of a semester, where an uplifting talk is way more important, I feel, and way more helpful to students than a spiritual talk that only a few students can relate to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know what I would necessarily do, but I think to really incorporate more religion as well and to kind of uh, spread more not spread but um explain more i think is a better term um it's best to ask students what they feel and and get an idea of how they would be able to connect to a different religion's teachings and bring take something out of i don't i personally can't give an answer to this question right now it would actually require more thought Mm -hmm. but getting a poll of students telling you ways that they connect to other things or how they feel they can connect so then you can use that um to incorporate and incorporate that into your talks that would be more helpful i feel than than what we did recently which was just kind of create a new worship book yeah 
and with just with just different stuff just completely sprawled out and there's not really a, pra- a pattern to any of it mm-hmm. just yeah. finding way with chapel talks with the hymns or the readings at the beginning just mm-hmm. finding a way where more students will find connection and meaning in something as opposed to just listening to it mm-hmm. uh, i mean i personally don't know what answers would be like and i mm-hmm. don't know if i could really give an answer yeah to that, but Again, just finding ways to help others connect more as opposed to just sit there. Because I find myself most chapels kind of just waiting for it to end sometimes. Yeah. Because it's just, I'm just not taking away anything and I'm just waiting. Just waiting. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds good. guys i'm here with bowden slits bowden how you doing doing great i'm excited awesome so i guess we'll just start off at the top so why did you decide to join chapel council so i first got approached by colin bajak in my ceramic class in sophomore year because he was a previous verger and he asked me if i wanted to take the job and i was like yes because i'm someone who has tried to get involved like across different sectors of the school and that was kind of like an opening for me and an opportunity that I couldn't really turn down. So I first became the verger my junior year. And through that, um, I joined the chapel council. And then after uh, junior year, I became the lower school chapel council co-head with George and Ender from my involvement in chapel council and being the verger during my junior year. So awesome. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, this is, sounds like a really cool job. So what are some of the things you do on a daily basis as part of Chapel Council? Well, I think it's less about the daily basis and more about. Uh, well, for lower school Chapel Council, for example, um, we meet every three weeks to meet with kids and they have various activities that they have to do. So like this last Tuesday we met with them and they worked on their speeches for a chapel that they're going to lead very soon. So me and George kind of took them step by step, you know, how to do public speaking, um, how to make sure that you're conveying the right message. And we helped them with that. And then for my Verger job, uh, I work at every single time there's an even song. I lead the um, Father Arbogast and the speakers in with my uh crucifix or crucifer and then the, i mean the cross bear and then the candle bears and so that's about once a month and then we also have uh chapel council meetings every two weeks on tuesdays where we discuss like interfaith things or like just kind of the status of religion at st mark's in general yeah and like our religious values yeah, that's really important to the school and our values. And so that ties into my next question to you personally, knowing that you're part of such a big thing at St. Mark's, how significant do you think the job you have is? Um, I think it really depends. I think being a member of the chapel council itself, you're not really getting that much done because I think people have the misconception that the chapel council is there to like critique chapel. And that's not what it's about. It's more about talking about like, 
faith at St. Mark's and just like the status of that. Um, but then I think, uh, I think these jobs are important, like for lower school chapel council and Verger, because especially for Verger, I mean, it's, it's kind of just a part of the show, you know, for lessons and carols or yeah. for even song too. Cause if I'm not there, if the cross bearers isn't there, if the candle bearers aren't there, it takes an element out of less or uh, out of even song that's always been there. And it, it kind of throws people off. And so I think it's really important to keep that tradition. And then for low school travel council, I think that position is super important because as older kids, I think uh, it's very vital that we kind of lead the younger kids down the right pathway and also assist them in leadership positions. Cause these lower schoolers, made it their decision to be a part of the lower school chapel council. And so they're already figuring out leadership and uh, taking the reins, at least of something at a young age. And for us to be able to assist them on that, since we've had years of experience at the school, I think is very vital. It can be very Yeah, that's really awesome. So you mentioned that as part of chapel council, you'll talk with everyone about how you believe the school is presenting the status religion in chapel so what what is what does that look like what do y'all what is y'all's opinion on religion at st mark's well obviously we're not a christian school like necessarily we invite all religions um and, and other things that we do is like we invite like interfaith speakers to kind of bring our minds more into other like religions like we invited uh people that are the church of latter-day saints or mormons as most people know them um and that was like super eye-opening because we aren't able to get that exposure on an everyday basis and i think the chapel council is very um it's kind of one of its one of its kind in that aspect because it, it can give students that want a little bit more religiously at the school, kind of the opportunity to seek those things out and pursue them. Yeah. And do you think that's something that can not just be spoken to you, but to other students at St. Mark's so they can get a better background of other religions other than their own? Oh, for sure. I think being able to open it up to the entire school would be very valuable. There's a ton of logistical issues regarding it, like bringing in speakers and like changing the structure of chapel sometimes. But I think if if possible, it could be super valuable for just, I, I think, the students' overall knowledge of our outer community and the world itself, especially religiously. Yeah, absolutely. So I know it's senior year, it's final semester is coming up. Is there anything that you or any of the other seniors on Chapel Council are trying to push for to leave like a lasting legacy at the Chapel Council members? Well, uh, I think one thing that we're trying to do, at least for lower school chapel council, is do more collaboration between the upper school chapel council and lower school chapel council. Um, to because I think, it, I think it's so fun as a little kid being able to hang out with the older kids. Like at least it was for me, yeah. and being able to like go and like play basketball with them just on a random day, like doing stuff that's outside of the work of bringing those two communities closer together. I think can make the chapel council a, a lot more well rounded. And we would have a much better connection with the lower school because of that. So that's what, that's what me and George are trying to pursue at this point. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so one of my final questions is now that, as I said, final semester, what's something you're going to miss being part of such something like this? It's, it's weird. Cause like I, as we get closer and closer, I think about all the, the really small groups and like communities that I'm a part of that I'll never 
be able to see again. Like I'm never going to have another interfaith community like that where it's very non-secular and you just talk about like religion and invite religious people, unless I take a, a religious class, I guess. But those are also like, it's class oriented. Like the chapel council is very special where it's, it's not a club, but it's also not like a student council thing necessarily where they're hosting events and stuff. It's very like for the students that are a part of it in a sense. And I think being able to have those conversations with so many people from different backgrounds, like there was a Buddhist monk that visited, there was a uh, monk from Cistercian that visited. And it's really hard to find time to have those conversations later in life. And so I'm definitely going to miss that aspect. Yeah. And how eye-opening has that been for you personally? I think super eye-opening because I was raised as a Methodist Mm -hmm. and uh, and I've stuck to my religion and kind of just stayed in that little bubble. Right. Of, I mean, my church is like a couple blocks away. Like it's, it's been a huge part of my life and being able to have those conversations with people that are outside of my own faith has allowed me to reflect on my own beliefs and give me a better understanding where other people are coming from. Cause when it, in regards to religion, people kind of, you stick to your own thing, obviously, cause what you believe in, but I think it's super valuable to branch out um, because I, everyone has different beliefs and, and I think it'll make your own beliefs stronger by seeing and comparing to like the outer world and other religious beliefs. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Bowden. I really yeah. had a nice time speaking with you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a great time. See you soon.